0: Hello, what's going on? Rich Ryan here. What's up? Today we have a torque talk with the newest member of Tor Kelly Schweikart. You might know her; she's been on the podcast couple of times now. And she's actually been making a big splash in the hybrid space in High Rocks in particular, where she's fresh off a second place and a big PR of 112 at uh, the New York race. So we talk a lot about Hyrox in this episode. We're going some details about some of her specific strategies, some of her training that she's been going over with her coach Ian Hosick and how that's really paid off uh, for her in the OCR space and in the hybrid space. So it was an awesome conversation, super personable. She's awesome. If you've heard any of her previous podcasts on this or the running public, which she was just on as well. So we have a nice time and we just talk and we also talk a little bit about the nutrition aspect and some of the things that she's been going through, uh, which is also chronicled on previous podcast episodes, but she's very well versed in that type of thing. So again, I just want to give you a reminder that you can support the athletes of Torque through Patreon, where you'll get some early access to map reviews and some athlete interviews. If you haven't checked out our athlete interviews on Torx YouTube, uh, and uh, they they are awesome. (laughs) Take a look at those if you have a race coming up. We're gonna try to get as many of them as possible in in the Spartan and Savage race in the early part of the season. So make sure you take a look. We did Savage, Dade City, we did Arizona, we did Jacksonville, we did San Luis Obispo, and we're gonna keep doing them throughout the week. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel there. You can check out the link in the show notes. And a special shout to our Patreon members. Kevin Gregory, aka Bubbles, Underdog Fitness, he's our guy. Jessica Dorsey, Micah Dorfner, Kenny West, Ashley Reese, and others, we appreciate you so, so much. It really is, means the world to us that you care about what we're doing here and about the athletes in the sport of OCR. So thank you. All right, Kelly Schweikart. Thanks for popping on today. I'm excited to kind of chat with you. One of the newest members of torque, Callie Schweighart. I'm very pumped to have you on the squad. And you just had a really solid race out in High Rocks, New York. So I wanted to bring you on talk about that, some of your goals and what you had this year. So why don't we start with the race? So you had plans on doing two races, right? You were going to do New York and Boston. And so how does High Rocks and, and coming off of 2021, one, you were uh, fourth, I believe, it in Chicago and the US at US Championships in in Hyrox with, and it was kind of something you were doing, like, sort of doing, like kind of you're doing <laughs> yeah. it with OCR and you're like, hey, I'll do a Hyrux and you come in, and you get like fourth and at uh, the American uh, the US championship. So you clearly have some, and you won a race last year too, right? You won Austin.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So yeah, you clearly have some talent in this specific field where it hasn't necessarily been your primary focus. And this uh so what's kinda of your plans with, with high rocks or hybrid stuff this year?
1: Well, um, yeah, so you mentioned kinda kinda dabbling in it a bit last year and not def- not taking it as seriously. It was more um twenty twenty one was my first year, um first racing season after having moved to Colorado after having switched coaches. And I was really still feeling a lot out and seeing where my passions lie, where my strengths lie and all that. Um, so the, the layout was high rocks. Austin was in may of last year. And then it um, was June on my birthday actually was the U S champs. Um, so I just figured um, since I did qualify through winning Austin, that was kind of uh, that was a, unexpected result for me in austin i came in after not having done a high rock since um 2019 i did the um or 2020 early 2020 with morgan we did the doubles um Mm -hmm. uh, you set the record yeah
0: you set the record and then had the record broken like a minute later or something so
1: it was reverse in that we went in um with the record at an hour and something and Morgan's dad sent us a text and they were he was like, the Germans just broke the record um, this morning, but because of the time difference, they had competed hours earlier. <laughs> um, so the new record we had to go for was 5753 and we got 5756 <laughs> and oh it was so God. painful.
0: Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. I see. So you never so, officially had the record. You right. would have broken the previous record.
1: Yes. And I think- It was like a week later yeah and there are definitely some things that um like we still haven't had a shot to go for it again just because of covid and then morgan's had some issues with yeah. um injury and then race conflict so we still want to eventually go for that um but i think it's within the realm of possibility for sure i think it's been is lowered that still since, the yet. yeah i was
0: gonna ask it's, it did, I think it's in
1: the 56's or 55's now. So it's, um it's women's though. So the weights are lower right. than the mixed doubles. Yep. Um, but mm-hmm. that's still like a stout time for sure. I think it was lowered by the people who had the record.
0: Because Lauren and Rachel did doubles at Worlds last year, but I think they doubled back after individual yes. race. Because you yes, would think and they
1: got like, I think they just got around an hour or something. It was still like, a really good time. Something.
0: Yeah, you would think wow. that they would really smash.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, So that was
0: your first, in Austin, that was your first individual?
1: That was the first individual since um, 2020 in January in Chicago. Um, I did not have a great race that, uh, that day. It was my worst individual, I think to date, not by much, but it was 118 something. And I hadn't improved since the last time I did one, Um, 118 mid and um then in Austin in May I came in not really having done any high rocks work at all but I was just working I just started working with um Ian Hosick the previous uh season or like the previous fall I guess um and we were just aiming to build fitness overall and I wanted to test myself in a hyrox and I knew that I was coming into it um not overtrained and I was I felt better um, after having adjusted to altitude um and just getting my bearings there. And went in and got one fifteen twenty three, I think it was, and just ran like a really, I was really happy with the race I ran. I thought it was solid and I wanted a PR, but wasn't expecting anything. So to get that result um, in a pretty pretty good field too, um, I was really happy with it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there's something to what I've been doing in training. And there's probably something to the fact that I didn't really need to do much specific stuff and that I did do pretty well. So that was, uh, motivation for me to kind of pursue it a little more. Um, and then getting the opportunity to race in Chicago in the U S champs from that point forward in may, I added a little bit of, um, specific circuits to my training just to practice Mm -hmm. the movements, but still, and even still today, the resounding theme of my training is just building fitness. Um, and I think, uh, the programming is such that, it touches on all the elements you need to kind of succeed in any realm and then like ian will tailor it based on what i'm focusing on Mm -hmm. um but the elements never really change it's more of like okay what's the emphasis on here let's add a little more of this um and then just adding in a little more high rock specific technique work like work with the uh skier work with the rower that was that's been huge um and that translated for sure even from the u.s champs in um, June where June, 2021. So that one I would have PR'd again, but I ran an extra lap. So it doesn't really count as a PR. Um, but then even from then to this past race, uh, things like the skier, I'm putting out a faster pace and it's feeling so much more conservative, which obviously benefits you when you leave it and you're not. Yeah, dying, you best know? of
0: both worlds. Yeah. That's the thing with the skier. Like if, if your form is bad, it mm-hmm. make you go slower. And it's harder and it takes more energy.
1: I remember doing it. I had never touched one um, before the first Irox I did. And I left that station with my core on fire. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't breathe. And just my whole midsection was so fatigued. Um, I was, if you, if I look at videos on my form, it's so bad. And it's still probably not great, but it's a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that makes a huge difference.
0: It's, it's an interesting thing because it's, it's just this standalone f- piece of fitness equipment where like the rower was for uh, to come off of the water. And then the practice like crew, right people who were rowing rowers, right? Where the skier, it's like sort of cross country skiing. <laughs> but like, yeah. really, it's not it's really no, like, so it's like,
1: very niche.
0: Yeah. So like where yeah. rowing coaches could come off of the water and like, you know, they said they're damper a little bit lower, like three or four. So it feels like the water, like the balance work, I guess is, is supposed to be different, but like, you can kind of get the same energy demands, but on the skier, it's just like cross country ski coach. would be like, this is not the, what is this thing? <laughs> like, yeah. so, no, so it's, I don't really it's hard it. to know. It's hard to get good information about what to do. So I'm like yeah. thinking about this all the time, trying to figure out the best way to, to do it's... the
1: freaking thing. Yeah, and I think it does take a little bit of self-experimentation, just like Mm. seeing which uh, damper setting you feel best at. Um, Certain people kind of jump up a little bit more. Some people stay on their feet and then really power down into a deeper squat. Um, My biggest problem was that I was um, hinging at the hips and keeping my arms straight when I was coming down. So it looked like I wasn't using my elbows at all. And then Mm -hmm. when you add the biceps into it and curl your arms in a bit um and I know I'm doing this as if people are watching this <laughs> instead of listening but you can um, feel it yeah yeah you can feel it in the tone of my voice but um just kind of bringing the arms down in a more fluid like bent motion and extending from there that was a big um like change for me that had huge benefits immediately
0: yeah and that's it feels like you'd want to get the most extension right like get as high as you can so your arms end up straight but really it's like the way I'm trying to, I'm starting to think about it now, because that's one thing that they do here is like a bent arm is a strong arm with Mm. the with the skier. So I'm thinking like, if you're extending it all the way out, like, are you? Are you just like losing energy? Is it like, kind of how if you were to push the sled with your hands over your head? Like, that would be a better position to breathe. But like, it's harder to stabilize, and you're going to lose position because like, the weight is further from where you're actually going to need to move. So I kind of think it's the same thing with a skier where if it's like bent arms you are kind of closer to like your hips and your hip hinge. And I think that's just going to create a tighter chain of power all the way through where if it's like straight, it kind of needs yeah. to move through something extra.
1: I um, think it's also, you could liken it to pull-ups. If you drop into a dead hang from a pull-up, all that um, energy you have to, uh, well, the opposing energy that you have to overcome to then get back into a pull-up position. Kind mm-hmm. of similar here where every time you kind of lock out, you have to unlock and really just get back into that position. That's just extra energy that's not really doing much for you.
0: Right. you got to re-engage in your lats and like your upper, right. uh, like your mid traps to kind of pull the thing back down. Right. Because like in a row, you want to get that full extension and that's a mistake people do as well. It's like they'll reach out as opposed mm-hmm. to like keeping back, but like you still want a big long pull, but on yeah, the skier it's like yeah, it's like, you don't need to pull it that much. And I've been the same thing. I used to, and I thought I was doing it right when my core was really burning like crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, this must be how it's supposed to be done. <laughs> but that just puts me underwater. Like then yeah. I'm just like, done. I can't, I can't go any further. No. Um, so do you, so with like, let's just talk, let's just talk about this. Let's just talk about <laughs> this skier thing. Does, uh, are you keeping it at, like are you paying attention your strokes per per minute and like where where are you on the damper setting for skier
1: so for skier, i typically put it at an eight um and i found that it's on the higher side i think Mm -hmm. um i with the rower too i go to 10 on the rower um Hmm. and i've just always i had no experience with both of these pieces of equipment coming into this and just in testing it out i don't find a difference for me um if i lower the damper um and get a little less resistance, it doesn't benefit me in how I feel. I, I get the same uh if not better output going higher with resistance and um keeping stroke rate a little lower. And that's probably because just maybe I'm more naturally a power athlete, like that was my background. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um yep. but it is nice that those pieces of equipment kind of favor size in that case. So like and leverage. So like longer limbs help. Um, but yeah, I will go uh, eight on the, the damper and then strokes per minute, I don't necessarily pay attention to on the skier. I just I, I just mainly go by effort on that. I, hmm. I'm definitely in the like high 20s to low 30s for skier, which is so the still... same for rowing. Oh, so um, so for okay.
0: So it's not that much different.
1: Okay. No. Um, yeah, I find that they're actually, now that I've gotten way better at the skier, they're relatively similar in the, the paces I put out. Um, whereas in the past... I was much lower on the ski arc versus the rower. Um, so it's it's interesting.
0: And it would make sense that your stroke rate would be lower because the damper set is higher. So like right. with each stroke, you're, you're putting out more power for each time. Right. And I mean, that would make that would make it life easier just because you have more time to recover.
1: Yeah. To and it, I find it. breathing wise too. It helps because mm-hmm. you get into a rhythm a little bit. Um, when you're going super fast, it's hard to match your breath with your movement. And then yeah. you're kind of just frantic and all over the place. And I find that when you can match it, especially like the rower too, when you're upright sitting upright and you're not like crunching, um, d- matching your breathing to your stroke is kind of nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I found that to be, it's definitely easier on the row, but the ski having a little bit lower. Yeah. Cause that's another thing. Like I'll get mine. If I start sprinting on the thing, I'll be able like high forties or fifties. And that's just like, feels out of control. Oh no, yeah. It doesn't feel that's powerful. Fine.
1: Wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's really a fast short rate. I kind of, and I've learned too that um, for high rocks, at least it's, it's good to train those high intensity um, like sprint efforts, but in the race, it really is not a sprint effort. A thousand Mm -hmm. meters is a long time. Um, And considering the ski erg is the first station, um, you don't want to be going at a, at a sprint pace or something that you can't, that will trash you. Um, So it's more of that moderate, like threshold effort where you're just kind of burnt, like things are kind of burning, but you can hold on. And I just try to make it so that I know that coming off of this, I'm not going to feel like death. Um,
0: yeah. That's kind
1: of, that's <laughs> kind of like the goal going into every station. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> um,
0: but that is for the most part, if people, if it looks like people are overdoing it in the first station in high rocks, like they're not setting themselves up to, to do particularly well. Unless someone we run into someone like who won your race, Alondra, yeah. what's your last name? Greenland?
1: Alondra Greenley was her Greenlee, name.
0: I think. So, yeah. went out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And you had said to me, when, we, when you talked to us the other day, you're like, yeah, we thought she missed something because she was like yeah. ahead of everybody so much.
1: So E-Rock, um, who runs High Rock North America, High Rock North, North America was there. And he, he was, he came up to me after the race and, um, said congrats and all that stuff. And we were talking about first place and, uh, he had said to me that people were asking if she missed something. And then I was—I said I was going to ask him the same question because um, I led the first lap, led coming into the skier and um, thought I was leading the second lap. And then I get to the sled push and she's there. Um, and so it turns out she had just skied it slightly faster um, and, mm-hmm. and went out while I was like bent over, not looking on the skier. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, no one knew who she was until after. Um she, I the way I've been saying it to people, she came out and just like Lauren Weeks, us like she, like she was she would have been right. She would have either tied Lauren Weeks or like been right around her time in Chicago. In this Chicago, year, yeah, um, which is so impressive. It was her first high rocks, Um and she's just she looking at you can't judge anything by looks, but looking at her, you know she's like a solid athlete. She's she really, looks the part. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, she ran strong, and she just she put time in on the stations. She was just. She said she does CrossFit a lot, um, and kind of just uh, seems to fit right into the the general um, archetype of an OCR athlete. In that, she said she does some CrossFit. She likes to run, but that she said she was better at running, so she tries to work on what she's not good at, which is like the strength stuff. Mm. Um, but I, I follow her now, and I've seen that she's she does swimming. She'll do bike riding, all that stuff. So really, really um, impressive. Athlete. So from that point on, I was kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> I should just run my own race because this yeah. girl is out of nowhere and she's like crazy good. So,
0: and I think about that with high rocks, it's like how many Alondra Greenleys and Lauren Weeks are there out there? I mean, Lauren Weeks is a very high level CrossFit athlete mm-hmm. where like she might qualify for a semi-final event, like where Rachel Vonderock is. She might not be a games level athlete, but she has the... Uh, all the skills and the strength of something like that but just like maybe missing one or two pieces but she likes to do endurance Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like rachel vondrake who is a a, a high level collegiate runner right and then alondra who's like another person who also just does strength and likes to do running stuff (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully those people do kind of keep coming out for, for things like this it's good to see that type of competition
1: yeah no it, it definitely made it interesting i mean i was going into new york i knew of a few people who are coming but um i also knew that i wanted to go in with the mindset of trying to win it um and uh it was an interesting practice in kind of seeing your expectations being taken away and what do you what do you do from there when i'm looking at her and i i she's putting time on me in stations and i'm like okay well uh, the wind's probably out the window as as the race went on, um, but that doesn't mean I can't, that's what's cool about hierarchies, that doesn't mean you can't go for a PR, um, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you can't um, go for a PR in a specific station even, and then the fact that there were multiple heats of the race, you don't know who else, um, th- I was in the second heat of three, so you don't know who else who was already going, um, hmm. was on our time or even faster, or you don't know who in the next heat could best you if you don't work really hard, so that was, it was more probably from like sled pull on. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to run my race, try to PR, and hopefully that'll get me second. And, and at, at that point, um, unless she skips something, which she ended up not doing. Not <laughs> so there was also that. I was like, okay, well, if she skips something, then there's a penalty, and I should just work hard to remain within that penalty timeframe. So for
0: sure. It's yeah. like in a Spartan race, we're like, well, they could miss the spear, so I better right. be up. Um, yeah, you never know so yeah it's interesting that high rocks like they're still it's and they haven't done a ton of east coast races right so i think it was a lot of people's like first time at uh doing an event because they haven't had a north like a tri-state race in two years or so right so probably a lot of people there didn't quite have like a mark yet didn't have like a but eventually there should be a pretty simple way to get the right people into the right heats just based off of times right
1: I would think so. Yeah, it seemed like they had a lot of people. um, Like the heats were of apparently twenty people. I was the eighteenth in out of twenty for that second heat, and then they had a third heat. So that means there were a lot of entrants, um, and they just went alphabetically for this one, I believe. What? Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's that's wild. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah that that because even in the men's. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know there were multiple heats of the women's cause I was trying to catch it on the Instagram, uh, live feed, which is just okay. like five, just like one guy with like a phone trying okay. to catch everything. <laughs> uh, so I knew the men's race, I don't, there were, I think who got third and fourth were in a sec Were in a separate heat.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And first and second were in the first. Yeah. And then like everybody else in that first heat. So I was, yeah, you're right. It's like hard to know where you are or how that's all going to kind of play out
1: yeah it worked out oh sorry it it worked out for us that i think one two three were all in our heat um just by chance uh but kelly sullivan for example is someone that i'm always keeping my eye on and she was not in our heat so it was kelly williams yeah yeah it was weird to know that like okay well i don't know where she's gonna be so i better push because you never know so
0: yeah yeah um so there's with the race like this in particular i'm constantly telling people not to chase like a time or chase like a place because Mm -hmm. it can go sideways like in a hurry and Mm -hmm. the courses that like you especially if like your first time like if you have an expectation of a time based off what you think you've done in training like your training factors are different like you know We always talk about the sleds and the carpet and stuff like that and just like the loops like this was a four lap course some of them are two in the rock zones whatever like having an expectation for a time is difficult and having an expectation for a place can also like really turn the race from like a high level effort to oh i'm not gonna i'm not going to achieve my goal here so and then it starts to be that mental game so that happened to you at all it sounded like there was a little bit of that from the push just to the pull or how did you kind of like, yeah, that was interesting.
1: Um, I, uh, once she got out ahead and, um, she continued, I, at first I was like, okay, well maybe she just doesn't know the um, nature of the race. Maybe she just went out really hard. And then in that case, I should just keep going and I could catch her. And then it started to become apparent that she was going to be consistent. She was running really strong. Um, and at that point, um, I pretty much knew I was fighting for second. And I think your point about not chasing a specific time. I definitely, I actually did not look at my watch once during the um, thing to check where I was because I'm the kind of person who will panic about, Mm -hmm. Oh, if it's looking like it's going to be close, then I don't know if I can keep up this pace. And then I get like anxious, that kind of thing. So I was just kind of letting it all happen. Um, And from that point on um, it was, just kind of reminding myself that I had put in a really solid training block leading into this. And I really just wanted to see, um, what that could yield if I raced, um, almost pretended like I was winning kind of cause like I w I wasn't, it wasn't close enough to be a battle between me and this, um, first place girl. So I did run alone almost the whole time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, like pretty much alone. And, um, yeah, then at that point it became just focusing on, each, um, each thing I'd focused on in training leading up to that and seeing where it could get me. So, um, one thing we emphasized was kind of running mechanics and just not getting sloppy, staying strong. And, um, I was happy to hear. So luckily, um, I was fortunate enough to have my dad come and see it. Um, nice. and I was really excited about that because he's never been to a high rocks, He's been to a bunch of Spartans. He's definitely one of my biggest uh, supporters. And since I was visiting family, he came, we get there and the venue is like tiny. So this was like a last minute switch from New York City to New Jersey. So it was not quite the High Rocks feel. But um, anyway, he was watching and he's not one to um, really, he's, he doesn't really cheer loud. He's very reserved, but he's very much supportive. And after the race, he said um, that he knew I was tired, but there was never a point where my it looked like, like I was dying or my running was getting um, sloppy. And he he was like, yeah, in the past, there have been some where I just wanted to look away because you were just <laughs> really, really bad. And Telling so- You know, he meant it. Yep, yeah, exactly. Because there was, there was a race over the summer that he was at and I I do terribly with heat and humidity. And he was like, yeah, that was painful to watch. I couldn't-, I couldn't, I couldn't it. So Yeah, he it was said, painful to run too. Here. Yeah. yeah yep. So I was happy about that. Um, And then it was a matter of, I knew from the start that like my skier was faster because you can see your paces on those things. And that felt great. Rowing, same thing. Um, And then, yeah, it was about, okay, well, what can I do? um, If I'm not going to hit my goal of winning, which right now it doesn't look like it. You never know. um, What can I do to give myself the best chance of being happy with this race? And that was just um, trying to keep a solid, consistent effort and hopefully get a PR out of it. Um, and that's kind of what happened. Um, and it ended up being officially like a three minute PR. And then if you don't count the fact that I didn't run an extra lap or that I ran an extra lap, it would be like two ish something minutes, um, Mm. from like Chicago 2021, which I was really happy with, especially considering the four lap format and how many people there were, we were weaving in and out of so many people. I don't know if they caught it on the live stream, but I had like three or four collisions with people. It was pretty like, um, chaotic. So that alone just detracts from like being able to get, get into a rhythm. A lot of it takes time. you out of your
0: mental space a little bit too.
1: Totally. You know? Um, so with that and like knowing based on the training, the simulations I had done, I had like an idea of maybe what a PR could look like. Um, and yeah, then it was just about, kind of going and managing the effort to the point where you feel like you're gonna die, but you can hold on as opposed to like tipping over because when you tip yeah. over is like, that's the end. It's, done.
0: it's hard to toe that line, right? Oh, like, it's, in, it's brutal. And when it goes over, it's not good. No, it doesn't come back. There's nowhere, no. there's nowhere to get it back. And I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a definite positive to come out of that race where one of the major goals was the outcome base, but you yeah. still had the more like the process and like the effort-based goals to rely on and not right. to, to lose it, right? Like, oh, I can't win. So like, whatever. What's the yeah.
1: And there were other positives too. Um, like I, I had recognized in training with Bracken for doubles that, um, mm-hmm. the farmers carry is something that I don't struggle with grip or upper body wise, but the run after the farmer's carry would tax me more than I would expect because the pounding that you take when you're running with these heavy weights, then afterwards your legs feel kind of dead. So we worked on that a lot in training and um, I had the fastest farmer's carry of the day and went unbroken. So, and then didn't feel the impacts afterwards, like I would expect. Um, so that was a indicator to me that training had paid off there. And then I was not no repped in the wall balls which has never happened before so i've been working a lot on depth and form definitely isn't perfect by any means in terms of like it's not the prettiest thing to watch but it was legal so um i was happy with things like that um and just checking it off each station you're kind of just like okay done done take some positives from it
0: that's what's kind of nice about it too right like all because of the stations there can it can be broken out into smaller goals with your prep for the farmers walk was it just simply doing more like more volume of them
1: yeah so it was definitely um i had mentioned that um in training like ian kind of has a template he follows and then uh because i wanted to be a little more high rock specific we've added in some high rocks circuits so um usually like thursdays and sundays as it goes in my weekly format i'll add in um like a 30, 35 minute um, circuit workout uh, specific to the high rocks movements. And that could look like, I think one specific one I did was push a a sled, that's a little heavier than the high rock sled for maybe 10 meters. Then immediately you pick up the weight of the farmer's carry and you carry it for 40 to 50 meters, bring it back to where you stopped with the sled. Then you grab the rope on the sled, pull it back, and mm-hmm. then um, transition to the ski erg and ski erg for 250 meters, and that's one round of the circuit. And I would start with um, doing that at a more easy effort, just focusing on efficiency and comfort. And then by the fourth or fifth round, build up to going pretty hard, so that by the end, it's just a progressive effort, and you're just working through efficiency of the movement at different intensities. Mm-hmm. Um, And I saw that pay off for Chicago in 2021. So I've just been doing that more and more. And I think it does help with just, um, getting your body ready to take that and then move on to the next thing with that fatigue, um, already built up.
0: Right. Right. So it's okay. So it's not like, instead of like to it's kind of a way to manage the intensity piece right so it's yeah. not like it's not like every interval based workout that you have has to be like an a workout for the week right it could just be right. something that's to get in some extra volume in that and that makes sense right like to break out the stations and work on them on their own where i think a lot of times we want to or athletes i've seen that want to do like all of the work all of the time you know and yep. go really hard really intense but it just it it go it sounds like just spending time doing the movements themselves, regardless of how race specific they might be, the movements are race specific. So that's what's really gonna help uh, move the needle, which is an interesting way to go about it. I haven't I haven't practiced around stuff like that. But I I think it makes sense.
1: I've found it helpful. um, And this was uh, kind of the only way we figured it would work to incorporate more rocks work is if a lot of it was at a lower intensity, because of the structure I already follow, there's not much room to add a ton of intensity. Um, We try to keep it um, pretty balanced in terms of got a lot of easy volume, and then you have your hard days, and then you don't want to be spreading it out so much that each day has a little hard. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to keep those, uh, the stimuli like, um, like concise, like on a certain day or something. So um,
0: (sighs) yeah, yeah. because when it comes to like developing energy systems, like you want to make sure you hit, yeah, or if it's like, And I know you're pretty specific with like heart rate and staying in specific zones and having the efforts pay off that way. Where if it's like you're doing the ski erg and then like you run like and then you push and like the heart rate. It's hard to know like what like try to really nail down what you're working on, (laughs) you know, totally,
1: totally. Um, And also what what's interesting is the harder you work at these movements, the sloppier they get. So Mm -hmm. when you're working on them at an easier intensity, you really do get to focus on form and efficiency of the movement that then will translate. If you do do a little work, um, at a certain intensity, I found that for the skier, especially, I really had to practice a lot of easy work with it. It wasn't all just sprints. Um, because when you're sprinting, you're working as hard as you can, things are going to break down. Um, Mm -hmm. same with burpee broad jumps. I, I still suck at them. I feel like I put in the same work, uh, like, farmers carry sleds row ski in one hand and then you have uh burpee broad jumps lunges and wall balls and i definitely worked on like all of these things and the return on investment i saw (laughs) was like nothing on the last three and really good on the first five or so so um it's that's probably like more of a personal like what i would struggle with the most but um Yeah, you have to just work on the efficiency of the movement. So uh, that's helpful
0: for that. Yeah, the efficiency movement for something like burpee broad jumps is like, it's annoying to even think about. It's like, Mm -hmm. ugh. Because like a skier, I I fall into that trap too, kind of like what a beginner runner does, where it's like, I want my pace to be this on race day, so I'm going to run this pace every single I do that same kind of thing on a skier, but now I'm like, like, let's just go 30 minutes, just super light, just focus on like... Breathing is just like just your aerobic work, but to do that for burpee broad jumps, <laughs> that sounds terrible.
1: They're so they're so bad, and I, I I couldn't obviously watch the live feed as I was doing it, but I did catch like a glimpse of the comments. Um, somehow I didn't I didn't go back and watch. I think it's not there because it was in, in their stories and it's erased. I'm not sure. I don't know what they um, do
0: with that footage.
1: Yeah, I would love to watch it. Put just, it on
0: YouTube. What the heck? Yeah, like
1: right. Um, But I did see people commenting when I was being filmed at the burpee broad jumps about my technique um, and like the step up technique versus the jump up. Um, And I find, first of all, the movement in general is just extremely taxing. Um, And the step up uh, for me, especially the longer your legs get, the more ground you have to cover to get down to the ground and then get back up and jumping back up for me is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, so the step, uh, it might be a little slower, but the first time I implemented that there was, first of all, I didn't have to break, like stop for seconds at a time versus when I had done other hierarchies and not tried that. Um, it would be a bunch of pauses, definitely slower. Um, so it's slower, the movement, every rep is slower, but it was faster overall because I was able to keep a continuous, like maintainable case versus like dying after 15 and then having a pause forever before starting again.
0: I feel that same way about those like there's like to pop up oh. like you either have to be just very like fast twitch through your core which most of your core muscles are going to be slow twitch anyway so i don't even know if that even makes sense
1: yeah. or
0: you I don't know. I, I I don't see a place for that. I know Hunter does it that way. Like He'll jump up and, and jump down yeah. real quick, but I don't see how that's more effective for anybody.
1: So I personally would have thought that given all the goalkeeper training I did for years and years, like you're constantly squatting, jumping up, getting back down, hitting the ground up again. It was so much plyometric work. I would look at the burpee broad jumps and think like, oh, I I could do that. Like that's going to be a strength of mine totally wrong but it's not the case at all doing um, it for
0: three minutes um, is not the same yeah.
1: yeah i guess not and um way more than three minutes by the way um but uh, then i look at um so bracken when we were training for doubles his burby Rogers are disgusting they are <laughs> amazing
0: he said he's like yeah he's like is pumped about how good they are he's like that's definitely a good so, strength of mine
1: <laughs> i watched him do it we did a sim and i saw him do it for the first time i was like this is otherworldly. Like what is going on? It was very impressive. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that he has that skill being my <laughs> partner. But, um, yeah, And he pops up like it's nothing and just like springs forward like a frog. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, so how, how, how much planning are you doing going into each station? Are mm-hmm. you very because I mean, we talked about skier and roll quite a bit. And that's pretty it's easy to plan for, right? It's mm-hmm. like, if my pace could be this, my strokes per minute is this, I can expect to feel like this, and I'll get out of there in this amount of time. Uh, How much are you planning around all the other stations, like select, push, pull, Uh, we talked about broad jumps a little bit, there seems to be a little bit of a plan there? Or are you kind of going off of like feeling for a lot of these or how are you approaching the rest?
1: I since I've done a few now as well, like if this is your first one or two, it's hard to go in with a plan. You kind of do have to go a lot by feel, but since I know it a little better now and I've trained the movements a lot more, I ha I go in, go in with an expectation of what I, how I want to break it down. Um, so for example, sled push kind of your inclination at first is just to go until you're tired and then stop. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that, um, stopping a little before that really like big wave of fatigue hits you is probably the right way to go. Cause otherwise your legs are, you can't shed that, um, that fatigue quickly, quickly enough to get back into running. If you've gone past that point of, um, no return, I guess. Yeah. Um, so for something like the sled, I kind of plan to, if it's a really good day, um, like Austin in 2021, um, I had a really good day with the sleds and did like the first thing unbroken and it felt great. Um, and then was able to like get through the rest. Um, it was by far my fastest sled. It was like three 30 or something. Um, so that was just a good day. Yeah. Where like, I didn't have to break it up as much as I wanted to, or thought I should, um, New York, um, I personally, and I, someone asked, some people asked me this after they thought they, they thought the sled carpet for the push, at least was pretty tacky, pretty sticky. Um, and they wanted to know how I thought it compared. And I, I did think it was a little harder. I don't know why it definitely, it definitely bunched up more than say Chicago this in January. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one where I started it. And I was like, I'm not doing these unbroken. I pretty much paused in the middle of each um, 12 and a half meter segment um, take like a breath or two. That's, that's another thing I try to remind myself is when you pause, like give yourself a, a limit on your, like what your pause is going to be. Cause you could rest forever and then you waste so much time.
0: Yeah. Um, having a plan so, for your rest.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. try to count, I count breaths usually. So mm-hmm. I would count like two or three breaths and then go again, um, and break it up that way to try and keep a continuous pace. Um, and then sled pull, I, that one knowing, cause I, I hadn't gotten into it with much training in my first few races, but now that I've trained it more, I know what a sustainable effort is. And I guess the theme of what I'm saying is that I try to make everything at a sustainable effort versus like short bursts where you get really tired and then you have to recover and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so sled push was a lot more just like a methodical pull and then reset and pull again. And there wasn't really much pausing at all. Um, it was just slower in the, um, the time it took to do a rep, but I'm not pausing um, afterwards and recovering for 10, 15 seconds before going again. Um, yeah. So that's my strategy. So you,
0: re- you really kind of like ride that line, right? You've done it. It seems like you've done a couple where, you know, where that, like you mentioned a wave of fatigue is a good way to put it for the sled, right? Like there's a point yeah. where it's like, legs start feeling like they're blowing up. And then, it does just kind of crash on you. You're like, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And, then, and like then it's just knowing brutal. where that is. Yeah. Yep. Then, then it's hard to to continue the push. It's really hard to run after the push.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So more just like finding that line and you're not looking at your heart rate during these races. Are you,
1: I am not. So my heart, my training is like completely heart rate based, but I don't, um, I don't really believe in looking at it much during a race, mainly because I know mentally for me, um, I'll find a way to use that data to psych myself out, whether it's mm. like, oh, this is lower than I expected. Am I not pushing enough or this is really high. I'm going to die. Um, personally, I also have a very high heart rate. Um, like my max is 205, 206, or something. Wow. High. Really? Like you've yeah. seen it and go so that high. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty high and I will, you, I wear a heart rate monitor. I wore an armband on my arm and I tracked it for the race so I could look after, but I try to not look during, um and it was like it it hovered in the high 180s to 190s it hit 199 at one point in the race um so like it but it was a straight line it was not like peaks and valleys it's very much like good you're just hurting the whole time and you're really riding that that threshold
0: i mean that has to be positive in terms of how you approach your effort right you would imagine some some of the cardiac drift to 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 play out right but like if it was spiking, say at like, yeah, at like burpee broad jumps and had to drop back down on the run, like you probably right. overdid it somewhere. Like you didn't really maximize where you wanted it to be. Um, yes. But I'm with you on it's with heart rate in a race, like, and I'm always just, I'm always just dubious. I'm always like, is this accurate? And like no matter what, because there's, there's times when heart rate are, aren't right accurate when you're looking at it. Like you take yeah. some time for it and sometimes it could just be all wacky. So I think that's, that's the right way to go about it. Yeah,
1: no. And I was talking with Ian about it too, because, um, the heart rate, uh, stayed pretty steady and I definitely did slow down, um, probably a little more than I expected to based on how I felt coming in and with the training I had in the Sims I'd done, um, my run slowed down more than I would have liked. And I was talking to him about it. Um, and we were trying to like, just think of, first of all, you're getting tired, obviously like you're pushing (laughs) hard. Um, but, Uh, another thing to consider in terms of like, it could cause, you mentioned like cardiac drift too, and everything is hydration and even a little fueling for this kind of event. I did not see water on course, but people were some, like people mentioned they grabbed ice and put it in their sports run stuff. I didn't see where they could have done that. Um, but I'm now thinking that it would be beneficial to know where I could just get a few sips of water throughout this race, knowing how much I sweat as well and how warm it was in there. um, Mm -hmm. That's something that can definitely impact, um, you know, RPE, your heart rate, Mm -hmm. everything. So and for a race that's over an hour, um, or at an hour for like the really top guys and like Lauren, um, like, then uh, that's something where you want to consider fuel and hydration for sure.
0: Did you take any fuel?
1: I did. I took one gel. um, I've used spring for years now, but That's I just adapted my sports bra. I love it, and uh, it. Uh, I try to aim to take it around the row because I find mm-hmm. I forgot to take it before. Typically, I'll take it before, and then it sits well because you're you're sitting on the rower, mm-hmm. so it's pretty easy. Um, but it it just somehow didn't time it's out like right in the middle
0: too. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And it's like a it's a mental um, checkpoint kind of that you can mm-hmm. use. Um, so I took it right after the row, and I remember. I was breathing so hard at that point that I like, took it and just kept it in my mouth, like with my mouth open for a while because I couldn't breathe and swallow. Sometimes yeah. so I'm like running laps with like, my mouth and like gel coming out of it. Um, but I, so the water would have helped there. But yes, I did take one after. The row.
0: I think that that's, that's like the way you kind of have to do it. Like the, the effort on this race. It's not like a marathon effort, right? Or like a long run effort, you could just take it down. And you're like, whatever, like, you kind of have to take it and just like, wait, until you can swallow like a little bit at a time i'm the same way i'll take one gel after perfect broad jumps on that run and yeah it's like a little bit and sit it there like feeling confident enough to try to swallow it and maybe not even get through the whole thing
1: yeah and honestly the way i look at it is if you know a, a fuel source works for you and you don't have too many issues with it mostly um then why not it's not going to hurt you um yeah like if it's new and you don't know it then probably don't do it because they can really mess up your stomach but um i'm very familiar with spring and i typically have not had many issues with digesting what with whatever race it is so i'm almost considering taking two um for my next individual just because at such a high intensity, um, if you can get the calories in, I don't see why it wouldn't be beneficial,
0: right? Like it's, you know, it's, traditionally it's, it's, like, Oh, you have enough for like two hours of work, but like
1: yeah.
0: for, in terms of like storage in like your muscles and liver, like with glycogen, but like right. at this rate and doing the, the work that we're doing and how much we're taxing specific areas, like our quads, for instance, yep like, yeah, would that replenishment be beneficial? It's hard to say, but definitely, like I like what you said, like if it goes down, it's not gonna hurt.
1: Right, yeah. Um, and then it's just a matter of, do you have adequate liquids to like get it down with? Spring is mm. one where, like I said, I didn't get liquid and that one goes down really easy. It's a little less sticky, Um. but mm-hmm. something like a goo or a honey stinger, you might need to make sure you have water to take with it. So that's another oh, yeah. thing to consider.
0: I like the Morton gels, have you tried those?
1: Yeah, those are actually really good. Um, yeah, they're they one of them The does the caffeinated one have um, taurine in it? Oh, Is, I don't some, know. One of them because one of them has somewhat of a weird taste or no. I think it's
0: taste. I've only had tried the caffeinated one once and it was during okay. a race. Uh, and so I, I'm, I couldn't tell you but like, yeah, it just kind of tastes to me. It tastes like just like sugar water, but it's like jello, mm-hmm. right? So it just can go yep. like, go right down
1: yeah so almost I like, like marshmallow it's kind of yeah but yeah no they work well i think it's a good definitely a good fuel source for sure
0: so what do you think you have to do do you get to put double work in on things like burpee broad jumps lunges and, and wall balls to try to get that because you, you mentioned like put the same end work here yeah here but the results were not the same what do you, think yeah. you gotta do to share the rest of the, that stuff up
1: i think the plan is to definitely when because i kind of take the, uh, liberty of designing the circuits that I'll do on those days that I mentioned. So, um, I try not to let my mood influence, like which ones I want to practice because I, (laughs) like, I hate burby broad jumps so much that I'm so tempted to just leave them out. Um, but knowing how they felt in the race and how I felt about them during the race, um, moving forward, it'll just be much more emphasis on lunges, wall balls, burby broad jumps, pretty much never not including them. Um, Mm because the other stuff um just doesn't need as much work and i think the only way to get better is to just familiarize myself with the movement more um and i mean ian has had me do simulations it's not often but um that helps really familiarize your body with like the compromised running aspect of things because Mm -hmm. you can train these movements all you want but if you're not used to running after them that's a whole different story um so that's another area where, um, I do get a little practice with that. Um, that's just, just a little more few and far between. So I think it's going to have to be just much more emphasis on them. Maybe adding like wall balls to, um, random, like on a strength day, like a different strength day, maybe incorporating that kind of thing. So, yeah,
0: yeah, that's the, thing. I, I'm, I'm coming to that conclusion with wall balls as well, cause I usually would save that for my intense days where it's like mm-hmm. and then finish with wall balls. But now it's like, all right, yeah. the end of the strength session is going to be like, all right, four sets of 30 wall balls or something like that, just to get yep. it
1: in. Like saying, I was saying,
0: nothing that's maybe not as intense. Um, so you are doing strength days on top of the other stuff?
1: Yeah. So um, th- I have one other dedicated strength day, um, typically Wednesday. So like today, um, and then it just rotates through um, – different movements depending on the week and where I am in training. So today was like a lighter, shorter circuit because I'm coming off of the race um, this past weekend. Mm. Um, But it's more um, it's a lot of injury prevention movements, a lot of single leg stuff and it's um, leg focused. Um, I'm kind of free to add in like the upper body grip work, all that stuff, but Ian's way of, programming it is mostly like running cardio focused and then he has that one dedicated strength day a week and then it just so happens that um adding in the other high rock strength has made it so that i have a pretty significant like strength stimulus throughout the week
0: nice okay so yeah yeah, so it's like injury prevent preventative stuff but not necessarily like five by five back squat something like that
1: no he will have me do front squats or um Hmm. like front squats bulgarian split squats um single leg deadlift so we're still going heavy for sure they're nice uh, he'll change the rep range so um eight by two is one rep range he'll use or um like there are days where it's three by ten so it just depends Mm -hmm. on the goal of the session um definitely like a wide variety and um i i think it's also because if you look at me as an athlete, what do I need to work on more strength or running? Um, and it's, the answer is running for the most part. So, Uh um, the focus for my training is mostly running. And then, um, I am looking to build high rock specific strength, but I'm not looking to get crazy stronger. It's more like get stronger in a movement, you know? Right.
0: Well, you might not necessarily need, like your strength is already there. right? Right. Which is a nice place to be. You know, so you yeah, got to work no, on just the it, actual specific demands.
1: Right. Yeah. It's more like honing it in and getting good at a movement versus like having to build actual strength. And that's just because naturally I think I'm just built that way. And I would, I just grew up doing like ball powers, power sports. sports.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's just been what you've been doing. Right. Um, so on the live stream, did you catch the wall ball comments? I know you mentioned you had, you didn't get no. any, like for, there was a lot of people questioning your reps on the wall
1: balls, my reps,
0: your reps. Yeah.
1: Oh no. What were they saying?
0: I think it had to do with the height of the ball.
1: Okay. So, um, that, uh, that I can explain. So, uh, cause Iraq was right next to me and he did say, um, you have to make sure your ball is getting high enough. So, um, there's discrepancy in, uh, the rules about hitting the, uh, the logo of the thing that's painted on the target versus the target itself. Mm-hmm. And in every race I've done, um, it's been the target itself. Okay. So you could literally graze the tip of the target with the ball. Um, and it counts. And so definitely I can see why, because I think from the live feed, they were filming, it was facing me, right? Like, um, it was on the side, was it behind uh, to the it was, side, okay. it was to the
0: side. Yeah, because you had um, you and uh, a woman who had been third whose name okay. Lottie, Lottie,
1: or, or yeah, Lott. that... I'm not sure how you pronounce. I'm it. Not,
0: not sure oh. Lottie sounds better than how I was. I was saying <laughs> like, Lottie? I don't think I was like that. But yeah, so we could see you guys side by side.
1: Okay. Um, so at least from my view, and from the judges view, there definitely were some that like just grazed the target. And I could see why it would at least look like from the live feed that it was like not. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, I'm kind of thinking like, minimum amount of work required obviously to like get the rep um and since i wasn't being no rep, i assumed that things were legal which i believe they were i, I would have not counted if i knew i missed the target i would have not counted it but yeah there definitely were somewhere it was like just grazing it and to my understanding that's okay and iraq was there and he was just making sure he said um just make sure you you hit that get it get it high enough because there were some there where it was close for sure
0: because yeah, that's what I was, because there was so many, like not so many people, there was like three or four people that were just like kind of losing it, just like how internet oh, people do. Like, oh, those are no reps, what the heck, oh my God. Oh, like, no. listen, it doesn't matter what you think a rep is, it doesn't matter what the athlete is doing, it matters what the judge is calling a rep or not. And right. like, if it's a good rep, it's on the judge to say it's good or it's not good. So if it's hitting the target consistently in a place where the judge thinks it's a good rep, then it counts, yeah. you know? Yeah. so okay yeah because I, I i wasn't so that makes sense that if and i wasn't sure what the rule was because they do have a painted logo on there and, I, and that's what i thought and, too i was like maybe it is just a target or whatever it is um so is that yeah, kind of your understanding
1: yeah so that's happened to me before um it was uh oh it was it was austin um 2021 and i went in and um one of the judges was almost, no you know, wrapping me on every single one. Cause I wasn't hitting the white painted logo. And, um, in every race I had done leaning up to that, it was, you have to hit the target. And I believe mm-hmm. that's what it says in the rule book as well. So then I was given the reps after like some clarification, um, mid race though. So it was kind of very hectic. It was, it was weird, but, um, yeah, target is what I've always been led to believe. So,
0: there must be something because I've seen Becca Hammond had was had some sort of altercation argument with a oh rep during a ref during the wall balls, just like a clarification something. And Alondra had the same thing. She was kind of stopped a couple times and looked and was like, kind of like, what are you saying I need to be doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there must be, we should probably get some good answers on that.
1: I think... Of all the stations, the wall walls have always been the most hectic with the most confusion for, mm-hmm. for me. They're the most stressful part of the race. Like, I prefer doing them over, say, like the lunges or the breaky broad jumps, but then I get there and I remember all the stress that they cause because the, either you can't hear the judge and what they're telling you or the judge will be counting out loud and then they, they don't, or they're a little quieter in the second half. So you're you're thinking, are they still counting my reps or are these all no reps? There's a lot of um, room for miscommunication and it's just like, you're. I have no oxygen coming to my brain so I can't hear things. Right. So it's just a very hectic station and definitely one where I think just a little more clarity, um, maybe, I mean, I don't know what else there is to do besides they did have like judges pretty much for every single person for Mm -hmm. us, at least like the top people. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's,
1: that's good, I think. Um, but yeah, it should be clear. Like target is okay. Or painted logo, which one is it going to be? Cause I've had both people tell me different things. So that's, what's hard.
0: Yeah. We should probably figure out what, what is what, cause on the, on the men's it's just like, get above that white line. doesn't matter where you hit on it or anything. And I wasn't like, Yeah. So you should like read the rule, I guess. Is it a problem to hit the target or are you just kind of doing what you think you need to do?
1: So I, it's, it's not a strength problem. Sometimes it's like the ball slips out of my hand. Uh, So it'll, um, it just doesn't get that power. And then that's when it's just grazing is like, or you just misjudge how far you push it forward. So it goes up all the way, but it doesn't actually hit the thing. right, Right. Um, but yeah, it's always been more of just like, try to be as efficient as possible because obviously the higher you throw it, the more you're working and also the m- more time you have where it's in the air. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, if I if I have to, I'll, I'll train them higher. If I go back and look and it's like, or they're staunch about it being the logo, then that's what you gotta do. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair just to go in and count your own reps for sure.
1: <laughs> Each time.
0: Yeah. I had in Chicago, 2021, my ref counted I think like 20 reps more than I had
1: oh, oh my god and I
0: didn't and I didn't know where I was so I was like it turned and she was like 70 something and I was like I was like 70 oh. something What? she's like yeah I was like okay <laughs> oh and I my went god. and my time was crazy it ended up being like 308 or something
1: like that. oh I wow like, okay.
0: I was like okay this is definitely incorrect and I went <laughs> I I went and found e rock and told him I was like I think my judge miscounted. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what else to do. He's like, like, you yeah. can't do anything about it. But, right. um, so they counted. So I was like, huh. so, so from now on, I'm always just going to count. And they have that clicker now that doesn't yep. work.
1: I know um, they're so delayed. Um, yeah, I went in with the goal to break it up into sets of 10, right from the, uh, get go. Um, and then if I was feeling okay, do a larger set in the middle and then finish with sets of 10, something like that. Um, because it's like manageable chunks. Um, you don't want to go to again, the point of exhaustion and then be dead. Um, I was stressing because, um, Lottie was coming in. So, um, and by that point I was, I was pretty tired. So, uh, it ended up being like sets of 10 and then there were a few sets of, probably like five or six. And then I finish with like 10, 10, 10, 15 or something oh, like nice. that just to get it done. Um, but that was kind of my strategy. And then it's all dependent on how you feel, but that does help you count for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a station that I haven't quite had a strategy for because mm-hmm. the rest is so easy to get away.
1: That. I did count my breaths on that one too. When nice. I was doing the sets, it was like two breaths, and that's it. You got to go. So yeah, because you can pause and pause forever.
0: That's where the problem is. You could always, it's like you could always do one more wall ball. You know, mm-hmm. but when it, when you put it down, you don't want to do any more wall So it's like you, it's <laughs> yeah. like you're oh over, you're like looking around. You know, I it's... find them
1: almost disorienting. I struggle with the mm-hmm. fact that I'm looking up the whole time, and it almost makes me nauseous and like I can't breathe, and that's part of my problem. Um, so I don't know what to do about that.
0: I would agree with that because when I when I change my gaze, like when I do rest, I then realize, I like then starts to kind of get like. I get a little dizzy, things kind of start spinning a little bit or if I'm fixed. So that's why I try to just do as many as I can. (laughs) It it doesn't feel as bad until I put it down and it feels worse.
1: And I was, I was playing around with where I put my eyes during it. Um, and like my chin. Um, and I think I found that when you do kind of track the ball a little bit more and let your head, like, don't stare at the target the whole time. Like once you catch the ball, let your head even out. For me, that helped my breathing. If anything, just because hmm. you're not like stretching out your throat so much, um, hmm. but that's really hard to remind yourself to do the whole time in this race. So I don't think I did that very well at the end. Of that
0: <laughs> that's one thing you probably got to make that automatic, right? That's something yeah. you just have to do with every single rep and
1: all of your practice that you're doing has to be
0: tracking it back down. That's a right. good, that's a good tip, though
1: yeah it's worth a shot i mean worth trying for sure i need to experiment it with with it more because obviously i didn't follow through with it so <laughs>
0: right can't say either way maybe you did maybe you nailed it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so you finished the race with one one twelve and change
1: 112, 30.
0: 112, thirty and
1: yeah. we were
0: talking before we're not quite sure where that puts you on the list of individuals it's not far mm-hmm. outside the top 15.
1: It's not I was looking and top 15 I believe is 11030 um yeah. but th- that's I don't know what it is US so um I I know in the world top 15 is 11030 and then um I've heard there's going to be roll down for um like individual qualification, um, mm. depending on who can or can't go like Lauren, for example, will be very pregnant. So mm. <laughs> I assume she's not going to take your spot. Right. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, it's not quite within the top 15. I, I would hope it's top 10 American, but I don't know, or top 15 American. I'm not sure.
0: I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so that the top 15 can get an invite to in the world can get an invite to the, the Vegas, uh, world championship or whatever, but you're, you already have plans to do the world championship with your partner where you won the North American championship, won Bracken Crocker. So <laughs> what, uh, what is the, the plan from here on out? Like, what is that looking like for, say, until that that time in the world championships?
1: Yeah, so, um, the main training focus has been that doubles championship. Um, and basically, from when Bracken and I won in, in um, Chicago we we hadn't really talked about what came next um and then they gave us the whole Vegas spiel and told us we qualified whenever and we were both super into it and we'd love to get like a world title so that'd be really fun and the training for it is fun and I think we also want redemption because um Bracken was not feeling well I didn't really realize this how I didn't know that either
0: I didn't I didn't I didn't even know he had COVID at all leading into that race
1: yeah Yeah. so So he said that thing (laughs) oh my god i was having a blast out there i was doing great and i knew he had had covid but he said he was on the up and up and um it had been he was like a week or two removed from it and he had gotten back into training and so we started and um apparently he said he cracked after the, ski- <laughs> the skier yeah. he when was he said done-
0: that he's he like no no the run after the skier yeah <laughs> i was like
1: yeah what big difference right <laughs> so he he turns to like after the race he was like yeah um i was just repeating to myself like d- don't ruin this for cali pretty much so he was he said he had literally just been like kind of hung on and was just trying to not let me drop him. And I did not, he put on such a brave face. That is like the worst spot to be in. And I would be so panicky if I was the one feeling that terrible. Um, So I had no clue until after. And he was like, I really felt like death. I'm not going to lie. Like the sled felt awful um, and everything. So I think he definitely wants redemption just to like feel good. And um, I do too, because I know, um, there was more to give there for sure. It was just, I could tell that he wasn't pushing to stay with me. So it was kind of like, okay, I'm I'm running a good pace. We hit like faster than our goal pace on the runs and stuff, but I could tell that if I had accelerated, he wasn't going to match that. So if he's fresh and like feeling good, you'd hope there's more room to take time there. And then on the stations right. as well. Um,
0: Cause ideally like, he should be able to push a little bit and you should have to match that. Right. It shouldn't be the the opposite way. Uh, So there's there's time on the table.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we get, we got to Chicago and we saw the transitions and we were like, well, that's probably the record's probably out of the reach because you run like a full length of a football field to get out of the rock zone. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So we were really happy with um, how it went and taking the win, but definitely want um, to do better, to improve and to take a stab at the record again. Um, and yeah, so that's been the main focus. And it just so happens that training for individuals is highly conducive to any training I do for doubles. So, um, it worked out well to be kind of prepping for this New York race and what was going to be the Boston race. Um, but yeah, my, I have full intentions to compete, um, in that with Bracken and I was going to like, see what happened with individual qualifications. I don't, I don't know if I'll have an opportunity to do another individual race. So it's more about how the roll downs work, but, um, yeah, I mean, me and Bracken are really pumped for that. So.
0: I wonder if there's, is there a list of top mixed doubles times that you can see? So
1: there is, if you look on the site, like results in rankings, I think there is like an all time doubles and, there are quite a few fast European times, and then up until this weekend, when Dylan and Tara went at it, we were the top Americans. Um, okay. So Dylan and Tara got it; um, they ran really well. Um, so, I American wise, there's there there will be competition, I'm sure. Like um, Lauren, who raced individual this weekend, and her husband Mark um, Is that, you... Rontala, or something, Rontala. something like that. Yeah, she um, had a good race yeah she had a great race um they're great people and um they were gonna do doubles and then mark had food poisoning before so he mm. was he stepped out for the weekend. i was surprised but, to um,
0: see her and in, in, in individual
1: yeah and she crushed it um she did, she did really well it was um like 115 to so change I think, I think yep right around 115 which is super solid and um yeah i think they'll go for doubles um we'll see who else but hopefully it'll be fun. Um, I think we're just hoping to, I, Oh, maybe Katie Knight and her partner will come back for that. Um, she's I think considering Katie, that I think, yeah,
0: I think Katie's going to try to qualify individually, Individual. in, but in she's La- doing like Dallas. LA. Like, is she going to do Dallas?
1: I think uh, she told me Dallas.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. that's where her partner is going to go too.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Uh, I forget his name. I'll tell uh, my Julian?
1: Head. Julian.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that could be that would be a good team, but you guys kind of laid it down on them, and and Nick and Alicia are not going to be because Alicia's ah. going to be doing Big Bear. that would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. Have them run that back. Um, but yeah, because a lot of the and it'd be interesting to see if if do you think would you travel to Germany to do doubles?
1: Oh, we were totally considering doing a European trip at some. Oh point. yeah. Um, yeah, okay. we talked about um, this spring season, but with vegas we were like okay let's just focus on trying to win worlds if we can and then say the record doesn't happen there because it's it's hard to get it on u.s soil compared to the Mm -hmm. european um, Mm -hmm. venues. um that was something we were talking about for the fall just just for fun like even if we did say we did win worlds which would be awesome um we'd still want to maybe try and go for the record if we didn't get it um and just kind of take a european trip and uh experience high rocks there i think that'd be really fun
0: that would be fun. Because uh, the the record is, like, Viola is part of that team, right? Who has Yeah,
1: she's a monster.
0: <laughs> who I think has the top time in the individuals yeah. right now.
1: Yeah, she's yeah. crazy. Um, our strategy is more, because they ran really fast um, mm-hmm. and did the stations kind of, like, we outworked them on the stations in mm-hmm. our attempt, um, and they outran us. And then the difference we have to make up is... Um, I think we can do a lot of the stations a little faster. Then there's a lot of transition time that we had that they ne- didn't necessarily. True. Um, and then it's just getting fast, a little faster at the running. So it's not like we have to be as crazy fast as what they ran because they ran like 3:45 k's, which is.
0: Oh, fast. she's that fast yeah,
1: the whole time. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so that's like we're we're trying to make it up in other ways and then just yeah. slowly chip chip away at our k times
0: so the world mixed doubles uh there's potential for go games you were yes. accepted into the go games and you're yeah. kicking around that idea right
1: yeah i'm like apprehensive <laughs> about it because i don't want to go in completely unprepared um however i don't foresee my i don't see myself um completely tailoring training to that that's not something i really uh i have other goals this year that would take priority um but I think with adding just a little bit of rucking practice, continuing right. to work on my obstacle obstacle game as like Spartan season gets, goes underway too. Um, and then just relying a lot on the strength that I have and the strength that I've built through high rocks. I think that could hopefully get me there um, in terms of prepping for go ruck. And that's, that's more of an experience thing. I think what they're trying to do is really cool. And um, so many people like I know and love are going, and I think it's just going to be a fun weekend and a cool opportunity to test myself um but yeah i'm a little anxious because <laughs> i don't want to do anything stupid either so
0: right and that's where, where i was looking at that like i didn't apply or put myself out there to do that it's just be it, it's a little too close to worlds for me high Rocks really worlds.
1: okay
0: yeah uh, so
1: for, indi- for, oh, for individuals are, individual too. that's yeah. true okay
0: so yeah But it should be fun. That was the one thing about watching like Spartan game season one, where I was like, man, they're just like hanging out. Mm -hmm. They're just like working out and hanging out. That's so fun. That'd be awesome. I
1: know that that whole, um, that whole idea that that whole vibe that they have with those like multi-day competitions, I thought was so cool. And seeing the span of, uh, skills that they tested from endurance to raw strength to like tug of war, which. And wrestling, like, those things, I was watching that, and I was like, I need to be there. So I'm, like, hoping that Go Rock Games is somewhat like that. Um, I think that'd be really cool.
0: I think it will be. I mean, I don't yeah. know if there's going to be have the physical, like, one-on-one combat
1: type of stuff. Right.
0: But it's, it's going to be a wide range of things. So it would be fun. It would really, For really sure. be fun.
1: Yeah. You're kicking around Lynn.
0: ultra stuff, right?
1: Yeah. So, um... Now that they've announced the Ultra World Championships is um, Tahoe, um, or mm-hmm. I don't know if they've announced it, but like the meeting notes from Tahoe came out confirming that they had the slot for, um, oh Carl, there he is, <laughs> he's so cute, <laughs> oh my god, that was well will have wow. to
0: meet him too. We'll bring him up to to Netherlands soon. And we'll oh go my on, god, we'll go please,
1: yeah, please, and he would have a ball with uh, Mowgli, our our pup up there. Oh my god, yeah, um, but yeah, so. Tahoe is September 24th and 25th, I believe. And that's the 24 hour. Um, And that's something I've had my eye on since I crewed for Rhea last year. Um, I've yet to try a Spartan Ultra, (laughs) um, but I've always wanted to. So um, now it's about picking which one I do. It's kind of limited in terms of options to qualify for that. So I need to definitely fit one in um, either spring or summer. Um, And New Jersey is one that I've always wanted to do. Um, However, that is, uh, April it's the week after go Ruck games. So if go Ruck games completely trashes me, that's definitely out of the picture. Um, and I would have to, with, with the training I do it's high enough volume where we do kind of long runs and longer bikes where I'm not going to be prepping by doing like six or seven hour runs on the weekends. But I Mm -hmm. think just seeing how my body responds and recovers, um, to those longer efforts on feet would determine how close I want to cut it with trying to do, um, New Jersey, especially with Vegas in the two weeks after it would basically be like, that would be the main, um, stimulus and then rest and taper for Vegas. If that were what I did. did.
0: Right. Right. What's it look like in the, uh, in the fall ish time for ultras? Like, would you have to do like an Ohio, I guess that's like a summer.
1: so there's, um, let's see. So Montana is the is the week before Vegas, so that's that's out. Yeah. Um, then there's over the summer, it's like Hawaii. Um, there's uh, where are the other ultras? I think Ohio is you know in June or too. July. Oh yeah, that could that could be the one then. Um, I think it was only like three or four to choose from, so that's kind of what's mm-hmm. tough, especially considering the other events and like trying, do I want to do at least one Spartan series event? I'm not sure. Um, so it's, it's a lot of balancing and trying to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but that's what's nice about like having the high rocks be in May. And then it's like the back half of the season just open. If you don't have a chance to get an ultra like just doesn't work or anything. Is there a backup plan or are you going to try to pop into some of the national series stuff at all? Or,
1: I'm I'm tempted to do, like, it would be really cool to go to. Well, first of all, Big Bear is the day after Vegas. Yeah. And I'm like really (laughs) tempted to just make the drive because, like, you drive right out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's been on my mind. Um, We'll see how the heck that goes. Um, The fact that I live at. A pretty high altitude, I would love to give Mexico a go because yeah. um I live at high altitude in the mountains and Mexico is very high altitude in the mountains um, and I've never been like i I love going for the destination part of it as well um so definitely floating a lot of things around and it really is dependent on how kind of how April and early may go um, with the gora games and whether or not um I stick to that or uh, like the ultras floating there in the back of my mind. So it's a lot about how the body feels and what is kind of exciting me, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. It's it's good. It's good to have yeah. that.
1: Yeah. No, I've been so excited for this whole season so far. I've never been more excited to race than the doubles with Bracken. And then this weekend in New York, it was, I've always been very nervous for competition and I, I was, but I think just with training having gone well up to this point, um, I was really excited to just test things out. And I I feel the same about trying an ultra at some point. Um, And I think that's one of my priorities is to qualify for that 24 hour and do that. So that I'm definitely going to try to make that work however I can. Um, It might mean going to an obscure ultra to try and qualify or like mixing things around a bit. But um that's definitely high on the list in terms of like goals for the season.
0: So, I'll we'll let you go here soon, but you've been on the yeah. podcast a couple times before and yeah. the most recent one we did was all about uh nutrition and training the female athlete. You told your old yeah. story and we got is I think it was one of the best podcasts that I've ever put out there. I really enjoyed oh. it. I had really good feedback. Um That's
1: awesome.
0: About people like about just like the conversation going. So, how how have things been with uh, on the nutrition side of things?
1: good. So I, um, still kind of keep in touch with my, um, dietitian. It's a little less hands-on because I went through her, uh, like program and I've been consistent with things and have been feeling good. So, um, Oh, sorry. My brother just came in. <laughs> sorry. This was That's unexpected. Good. Yeah. Ev, just, uh, keep it quiet. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. He's the <laughs> home from work. Um, but, uh, So I, yeah, I've been feeling really good and just focusing on definitely one thing I never try to do is train fasted. So that's like Mm -hmm. definitely not, um, there's just enough science behind it to not support it, especially for females. So always prioritizing that pre-workout fuel, even if it's just a little something. Um, and, uh, just like, I think still trying to maintain a balanced approach to everything and like, it's no secret that I... Eat pizza all the time and like all these things that like you wouldn't necessarily think are characteristic of you know your typical endurance athlete, but I think they're so important and it makes you feel better. It makes you um, just a happier overall person. So mm. um, yeah, just still taking that balanced approach to fuel, and um, I think like based on how I've been feeling in training, it's been feeling really good um, and. I, I don't skimp on carbs for sure. Um, and I don't don't eliminate sweets. I'm not picky with what I eat or anything like that. So it's very much like a holistic, um, make nutritious and food conscious choices in terms of what makes me feel good. Um, but then there's always room for a treat or something to enjoy, you know? Yeah. Is that, because
0: uh, I've gone through similar things where it's like very restrictive, like don't eat this thing. This is like the food that's now being vilified. This is the food that you're supposed to eat isn't that like, once I had that, like, realization, it's just like, oh, it's all just kind of the same. It just made me feel so much better. Are you feeling like, um, like a weight off your chest for that reason of the like, it just like it makes it easier?
1: Yeah, and it's just like, it's cool to, to try to tie it all together where you feel like they're opposing goals for so long, where like, Um, having a balanced and healthy relationship with food, um, often you don't feel like that coincides with training and performing well, but in fact, it really does. If you just, it just takes a lot of practice coming from like a, a history of, um, disordered eating or any struggles with food. It's just a lot to rewire in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for me, what's been cool is like experimenting with me being like a type a person in terms of i like being organized and structured um i definitely have a structured approach to fueling like i'll have certain times based on when i'm training and certain foods i know make me feel good versus not and overall try to not um consume too much like very inflammatory foods or a lot of sugar that's not going to keep you feeling good um so i keep structure in that regard but now i know if there's a special occasion or there's um, an opportunity to try something new and fun. It doesn't ruin everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, I was home visiting family in New York for high rocks. And, um, I I'm so fortunate in that my family's so close. And whenever I'm home, all the cousins try and get together so we can have a dinner, which is like so special. Um, cause we don't see each other much anymore and I get there and it's like, pizza galore and i'm bringing some ice cream over and we're all just having a good time and it's no big deal it's like a fun celebration and there's no stress you know
0: yeah it's not like anxiety inducing it's like oh how am i gonna not do this or or the opposite's like well screw it i'm just gonna go insane because i'm already like i'm already here exactly
1: that's another thing too to kind of go on a little bit of tangent but um for so long especially in trying to improve this whole mindset um going insane was like the norm where Mm -hmm. you allow yourself to have these quote unquote fun foods and you can't stop once you're eating them because you've restricted them for so long or you're already in the back of your mind. Like, Oh, I already screwed this up. Like, let me just eat a ton. Um, And it's taken me a really long time to really recognize when I do feel full and not feel tempted to continue just because something tastes good. Um, and I think that comes from just letting yourself have it more. Like, um, I, I, I have pizza and ice cream, it's my favorite meal. So I'll mention it all the time, but like, <laughs> that's something where I would overeat, like to the point where I just really did not feel well at all. And it was just very much in excess because I felt like I was already. So I screwed up the day. I screwed or like up the week like you didn't like
0: might not know when you'd have it again, like, Oh, I'm just exactly. this time I won't have it for another three months. So,
1: yep. but yep. then you do, exactly. yeah. Um and now it's a little more routine and to the point where say last weekend, for example, um, yeah, I ate and I was full, but I was not like borderline getting sick and like so uncomfortable that I wanted to go like sleep. Um, so it's just a matter of kind of feeling things out and letting your, 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 like really kind of giving in to a lot of your cravings at first and just letting your body normalize a bit because after a while you realize, oh, okay, well, I'll probably have this again some other time. And I don't want to feel sick right now. So maybe I should stop eating, you know? Um, and it's hard. It's really hard at first.
0: That's like, I love that what you said about letting yourself have it because you gotta you need to know how it makes you feel. And those should be the indicators about what you shouldn't shouldn't eat, not like what anyone else is doing. Not what anyone else is telling you what anything you've read, like, how does that food make you feel because it's still all like the pieces are all kind of to the for the most part, I mean, there's some weird foods that are just like, really processed that we probably shouldn't be eating. But for the most part, the foods are all kind of composed of the same stuff. So you got to figure out what you can, what does actually make you feel or not feel good. So eat it all.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And like everything you consume besides, you know, like basically you look at a Twinkie and there's probably not much nutritionally redeeming (laughs) values of this Twinkie. (laughs) But like, a burger, for example, from a restaurant. Yeah. You're getting a little extra grease or something like that, but you've still got protein, um, iron from the red meat. You've mm-hmm. still got carbs from the bun. There's still vitamins in the vegetables they put on the, uh, on the burger. So you're getting, um, nutrients almost always. And then as long as it's mostly coming from maybe something a little, um, I, I don't really use the word cleaner because I, that's there's so many Doesn't negative connotations to yeah. that, but like, something a little even more nutritious, like you could set aside like a nice cut of steak and maybe sweet, a baked sweet potato or something where you're not getting all those saturated fats all the time, you know, but we still need saturated fats. So everything Mm -hmm. like is, should be included. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's, Better that way because when you avoid it for so long, then it's just like eventually things are gonna break, and then it just goes haywire. So
0: yeah, then it's out of the physical right, then it starts to work into yep. the emotional and the mental side of things, and then then that's then that's way harder to to, to figure <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah,
1: totally. I also look at it like um, one other struggle I have is um, coming from such a uh, restrictive mindset before. I, I'm always questioning, oh, is this a restrictive choice or is this a healthy choice? Like, what what is my motivation behind this choice? And, um, for example, um, going going out to eat, you're typically going to get, if you say you went and got fast food, um, mm-hmm. like a burger and fries from somewhere, um, everyone enjoys that from time to time. It's That's not terrible to do. Um, but then I do think about, okay, um, if I were to eat this in the middle of the day, How Mm -hmm. do I feel? Because Mm -hmm. afterwards, like, I don't want to carry on with my day. it it just like sits there and you feel gross and you just tip. It does not make me feel good. Whereas um, tip, like if I ate it at night, it wouldn't affect me and you enjoy it more. So in terms of like choices I make to fuel me throughout the day, I think about it that way. Like, is this something that could fuel me throughout the day if I had it then? And then it makes Mm. me kind of realize, okay, well, yeah, I just want to choose this quote unquote, healthier option, because it does make me feel better,
0: makes you feel better. And that's, that just comes in with being in tune with how you how you actually physically or mentally feel, which is another practice that you need to kind of take on for that. Yeah, I always think about that with like office culture, like, I'm not in an office anymore, thank God, but like, how it's always (laughs) just, like, here's like, do you want this cupcake in the middle? of like, it's like, I I gotta, I gotta work to do. (laughs) I gotta do stuff. I can't just this makes me feel awful. I know.
1: Yeah, I I would like, I wish it didn't because they're so delicious. And like, honestly, like if if it weren't for that, I would probably be eating a lot more like sweets and different stuff throughout the day. But when I know how it's going to make me feel, that's often what prevents me from doing it. Um, But it comes from a a mindset of performance and how I'm going to feel now versus like, I can't eat that because of the calories that
0: because it's bad for me. Yeah, because it's bad for me. Like it's dirty, right? Um, Yeah. So there's a little pizza place in Netherlands, right? What is it? Yes. What's it called? Crosscut. Is it It good? It's called
1: Crosscut. It is so good. Really? um, Oh my gosh! It's that and Fringe in Boulder are like two of my favorite spots. Um, But Crosscut is great. It's super popular with like all the skiers in Netherlands. But yeah. Um, I believe it's um, it's either coal or wood fire oven, but it's kind of Neapolitan style, right? Yeah, like a personal pizza you get. and it's so fresh and the people there are so nice that me and um, Johnny, who I live with, are like regulars at that spot. It's so good.
0: <laughs> Sometimes, uh, like my wife, well, we'll, we'll, I'll do the same thing. We'll be on Zillow or whatever. We'll just be looking around, seeing what's up. She was in, she was in Netherlands the other day and she's like, there's a pizza place there. I was like, yep. really? She's like, it looks oh, yeah. great. We got to go. I was you like, you sh- so right, should go. Okay. <laughs> okay, we should
1: we should go together. Like that. should. I will now, go now that it's anytime.
0: co-signed because I was like,
1: okay. you
0: know, from from the East Coast, I'm like, let's not get our yes. expectations yeah. high about pizza here. But, I am
1: a self-proclaimed pizza snob. I'm from New York. Like I have, I've been spoiled with good pizza all my life. And I was really nervous about moving to Colorado for that reason. Um, but I have had good luck with, um, you know, your, your local small places that I love the kind of that personal pizza style, the thin crust, fluffy outside. And um, yeah, I think I've that's been positive, su- yeah. like surprised. Very, I think
0: surprise. those pizzas, like the more artisan-y. Mm like like the yeah the, if it's wood fire or coal whatever yeah brick oven the ones that are super yeah, hot yep. whatever um i feel like those are harder they're easier to make taste good
1: yes absolutely Where if you,
0: like the big pizzeria new york style that's 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 hard to make yeah that good outside of it outside of like agree. the tri-state and mid-atlantic
1: yeah because you can get that like pizza that feels almost like you're at a cafeteria when it's not done. Right. And it's like a super thick layer of congealed cheese. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not for that. Luckily, Colorado doesn't really do buy the slice often.
0: That's um, probably why.
1: Yeah. but it, all... No crosscut highly recommend. There's so many great food options in Netherland. That's another um, reason I like being near there. It's just like you get there's a new bagel place that opened and um, also a bagel snob from New York. It's delicious. It's so good. Um, know. They, they do them right. They're real. They're legit. So
0: we haven't found a bagel spot here in Denver. Like they're, they're around. They're just not like right next to us, how we're used to it. So we haven't like, cause usually it's like, Oh, what do you want to do? You just want to get a bagel? It's like, yeah, no, we don't have that luxury right now, Yeah, but we'll find, we'll find a spot.
1: Well, yeah. And then I don't know, there's probably like a way to, I can pick them up for you. I can. Bring you like a couple dozen. How's that? You can yeah, them. deal.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> um, cool guy. It was super fun. I appreciate you taking this time. I'm excited to have you on the on the squad. I'm excited where your season's headed. I'm so headed.
1: excited.
0: Yeah, it seems like everything's going well. Thank you so much. Yeah, year. I'm
1: I'm excited about Torque. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I just wanted to say that I'm I'm excited to be a part of like such a cool group, and I think the initiative that you've created and are spearheading is like really cool for our sport. And um, I've already gotten so much about so much from being on Torque just from our kind of team talks and just the support from everyone else on the team. It's just a really cool, um, group to be a part of. So I'm awesome.
0: Certain. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. So let's just, uh, keep kicking butt.
1: No, thank you. Sounds good. I will talk to you soon, Rich. Thanks again. All
0: right, cool. You got it.